Quest of Bliss, a podcast about finding light in the darkness. This episode was produced by Cavi Productions. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Conquest of Bliss. I am here with Coach Alex Ray from the Becoming Brave podcast. Yep. Hello, everyone. Yeah, I was just going to say, how are you today, Alex? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be here with you and have this wonderful conversation. I'm so excited, too, because, I mean, obviously, bravery is such a huge piece of happiness and wellness, and I think that it's poorly understood. Mm -hmm. So... Would you agree that most people think being brave is the same as being fearless? Yes, exactly. (laughs) I was going to say that, yep. (laughs) So um, in your own words, because who who else's words would you use? um, Can you you describe to me um, what bravery generally truly means? Yeah, absolutely. So exactly like you said, it's not the same as fearless. In fact, like we wouldn't really want to be totally fearless. Mm -hmm. Fear is what keeps us alive as a species, right? Like a certain amount of fear is totally necessary and totally good. The Mm -hmm. problem is when we start allowing fear to control our life's direction. Mm -hmm. And when um, fear becomes how we make all of our decisions, And so a lot of like people with great intentions, great dreams, great aspirations end up totally stifling their life because of fear of maybe what other people are going to think or fear of what could happen. And our, our brain is really good at taking anything that like might maybe end up not super good and turning it into something just magnificently horrible and catastrophic. So Yeah, mountainous molehills. Right. Um, so would you so, say that there's more of a like pervasive issue with physical or emotional fear right now in the world? Oh, totally. Like, I would say emotional fear is just out of control right now. We see it a lot with the pandemic. Um, even with like the racial awakening in um, the U.S., mm-hmm. uh, like speaking from the perspective of a white male, like I experienced a lot of fear at first around, um, in the form of shame, mm-hmm. around maybe you know what have I said or done in the past, and like what maybe is wrong with me, and we have a lot of. Um, from white people like me, we have a lot of defensiveness and Mm -hmm. the defensiveness is totally out of a place of fear. Um, So I'm no expert at all on racism, but (laughs) as far as fear, I can totally say that it's, it's something that's held us back from being able to have difficult, uncomfortable conversations that will in turn move us forward. That's a, that's a really interesting point that you made about um, the link between shame and fear. Mm-hmm. So I talk about shame a lot, and this is probably the first time that I've really connected it to fear. And and I mean, I can see it very clearly how how it's connected, but uh, but I hadn't before. Um, before we go any further, actually, I just really yeah. quickly wanted to talk to you about. Um, so how did you get into podcasting? Get into podcasting. I used to have a fitness business. I was doing fitness and nutrition coaching. I did that for. Uh, a little over three years. Mm-hmm. I had coaches that worked for me and everything. Um, and I had started listening to podcasts 
around the same time that I started the business and I got a lot of value out of it. I thought they were really wonderful. And then, um, a couple members from my team were like, Hey, we should have a, a podcast. You should totally do this. And I said, yeah, that's a brilliant idea. I just don't have like the bandwidth yet to do it. And so I started mine this year in, um, February, I think it was, because it was only like a month before the pandemic really (laughs) hit hard. I was like, huh, well, there we go. (laughs) Bravery. (laughs) And I made this shift because I was using bravery as a tool in fitness and nutrition. Mm -hmm. And I made this shift to doing life coaching specifically. Like I really love working with people who are dealing with insecurity. Mm Mm-hmm. And I help them use fear, or not use fear. <laughs> <laughs> face Insecure, fear. Yeah, face fear. Insecurity comes from fear. And I help them use bravery to create confidence in their life. That's, so. that's amazing. Um, I, I've always loved that, that whole, I guess, field of life coaching mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And, um, and I mean, speaking of bravery, like I remember when I first started podcasting, Mm-hmm. It was scarier for me that people would hear how bad I was at editing <laughs> <laughs> than it was for them to hear me talk. And um, and like, so you you edit your own podcasts? At first, I did. I mm-hmm. edited for, mm, I think the first like it was maybe ten episodes, maybe less than ten, and then. Uh, I was like, I have too many things going on right now. I need some help. And so I put out a post on Facebook and said, um, are there any interns out there that want to help? Because um, I was like, I could train someone to do what I'm doing with my editing. I just need a different body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's not like, it's no world-class edited podcast by any means, but um, it's the basics are there. Yeah. And that, I mean, it makes such a huge difference because I, I also had someone um, who was like, hey, you know what? Well, actually, they, they came mm. to me. That's how bad I was doing. Um, and, mm. <clears throat> and they said, they said, you should let me help you. And, uh, and it's just made a huge difference. And I'm just always curious because I, I talk to a lot of people, but not a lot of podcasters. So I was just curious mm. about that. But back to the, the bravery is, thing. Like, well, um, real, oh, sorry. Real quick about your, about the, editing what is that like the value of that because i've definitely seen it be a lot of value for me to not have to edit it myself it's it's made all the difference not only because i'm more confident in the product that Mm -hmm. i put out for people um and it just it's such a huge relief to know that like you know (laughs) that it's done properly and that all the major things are done and people aren't gonna be like oh you know on their ears um but it also just it allows me to focus on what I am good at, you know, because mm-hmm. I was spending so many hours trying to, I was spending so many hours creating a subpar product. Yep. Um, and, and I was having a hard time focusing on, you know, basic things like scheduling and networking, reaching out, um, conversation in general. So it's made a huge difference, Same. huge difference. And uh, I mean, if it's available to people, I would recommend every single time to, to it, it, the other nice thing that a lot of people I don't think realize is that when someone else edits, I don't have to listen back and get that, yep. you know, speaking of bravery, 
that added stress because it's not as scary to have the conversation. But when you listen to the conversation again and you're like, oh my God, why did I say that? And then and then <laughs> you have to exercise bravery a lot more. Yes. Because yeah. you, you can hear it secondhand and you're like, oh. Um, yeah. I like, and it's funny, I never feel like that about my guests. Like, why did they say that? It's always, why did mm-hmm. I say that? <clears throat> totally. We um, always have these judgments in our own head. Mm-hmm. And, and so like as... Uh, I'm curious, so how would you define insecurity mm-hmm. as a concept to people? Like, how do you know yeah. the difference between insecurity and, say, mindfulness about, like, like and be, recognizing areas that you're not doing as well? I think it all has to do with judgment. Like, and it's funny, I don't know that anyone has ever asked me that question. I don't know if I've sat down and really thought about the difference between <laughs> those two, but... Um, yeah, it really, I believe the difference would really be judgment. When you're being mindful, that's sort of a Mm self-awareness and it can totally have compassion in it. Insecurity is without compassion. Insecurity is harsh judgments about ourselves, making certain things about us mean that we're wrong or bad, um, and it's rooted in fear, right? Mm-hmm. Mindfulness could totally be rooted in joy and happiness and and self-love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the desire to maybe improve the area that you recognize. Yeah. But not because like you'll magically become a better person or more valuable mm-hmm. or more worthy. You're already 100% worthy. The mindfulness would just be a tool to like, all right, where's some areas of my life that I can keep improving? And Mm -hmm. it becomes like fun instead of I got to do this because I suck. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then that makes sense. And, uh, and just to clarify so that I, I, so that like, if we're understanding the words the same, um, when you say judgment, um, whenever I talk about judgment, I I specifically mean like a moral or ethical judgment. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not good enough would be an, a moral, ju- not not even like it's like a value judgment, I guess. Yeah. As opposed to like, I should or shouldn't cross the street right now because there's cars coming, which is also technically a judgment, yeah. um, but not a value judgment. So that's what you mean. Right. right? Yeah, totally. Okay. <laughs> like, a judgment of like, should I cross the street or not is like, you're taking a moment to think, do I want to get hit by a car or not? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Which I mean, could have some background value judgments in it, but that's a whole other thing. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Um, True. (laughs) So, uh, about insecure, I have so many. I have so many questions for which, which I guess is good. That's kind of my whole thing. Um, Yeah. I love it. So with with the uh, practicing of bravery and the mm-hmm. implementing of the tools around bravery that you've done, which I will ask you a little bit more about in a moment, um, are you finding that you are insecure less often, less insecure, or just better able to handle the insecurities that naturally arise? Both. Like, it definitely comes in waves and stages. My, because I, the reason that I love to focus on this area is because I was that person. Mm-hmm. Like, I was a ridiculously insecure kid. And I thought if I could change my, I thought my insecurity was due to like my body 
And if I could just change my body, I could like go work out more and get muscular, then I would be confident because I would look, I'm doing little air quotes for the yeah. listeners, <laughs> I would look confident and then I would feel confident. Well, I went out and had this transformation. Other people started asking me for help. That's how I originally started coaching after like three or four years of um, fitness training. Yeah. Like, well, I started training four years after I um, started like my own journey. Okay. Yeah. Started coaching others. Um, But I still was also in the midst of realizing like, holy shit. I have, I am four years in, if I'm really logical about it, I can see that I have the body or very close to the body that like I wanted. Mm -hmm. Why do I still feel exactly the same as before I started this journey? Mm -hmm. And so I, that's what drove me to find solutions to insecurity. And, um, but you're going back to your original question. Is it like, um, do I find myself being insecure as often? Definitely not. Oh, okay. Um, so it's kind of a twofer. Yeah. Like <laughs> by now, but it was kind of in and out. I had to go and do things that I was super afraid of doing. I had to go mm-hmm. be brave. Right. And then create more evidence for my brain that I wouldn't die. Yes. Um, to the point like, I, old me was terrified to have my shirt off. Was like so insecure about people seeing me. I felt so naked and just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I'll put on a speedo and I don't even think twice. Like, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. And have oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, what was the the other part of your question? You said. I said, do you find that you're insecure less or less often? Or do you find that you're just better able to deal with like the natural intrusive thoughts as they arise? Yeah. Okay. So the second part of like when they arise, I think that's the other part of what I teach people. And what what I've realized in my own life is that, yeah, I'm insecure less often for sure. Or about less things. There are still plenty of things that I am still working on. I'm human. Mm-hmm. I'm totally a work in progress. And, <laughs> but I feel very prepared. So like when those things arise, it's not the same level of panic mm-hmm. here that I used to have. Now it's like, oh, oh my gosh, that's what that is. Okay, cool. You I just, can deal with this. <laughs> yeah, you give it less weight. Yeah, as it arises. that's a great word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, and so like for, for my journey, because um, I also have been working on courage and bravery um, mm-hmm. quite a bit. And for my journey, one of the things that I found, and I just wonder if you use this as well, is that I found that facing physical fears is also like helpful. So like, you know, like I did bungee jumping, for example, mm-hmm. things like that is also helpful in the emotional stuff for me. Like it seems totally. to kind of work both and yeah you find the same thing mm-hmm. yeah that's very because cool. so, oh, it's tied together right mm-hmm. when you go and do that thing that you're terrified of and then you don't die from it you go oh i'm like maybe a little more capable than i thought i was mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it's such a cool thing 
it's so cool. Like when, like, cause like, oh, okay. I'm going to go on a little, very short tangent. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like we get boxed in so easily. Like we like create these little tiny worlds for ourselves and everything needs to fit in that little tiny world. And if it doesn't, it feels like panic. And eventually you start like, you know, poking at the walls and realize they're basically jello. You know, they look solid as fuck, but they're basically jello. And so you start like pushing it a little bit and a little bit. And all of a sudden, you know, as you get better at pushing it, like your world becomes so huge, so huge. And it's, oh, it's fantastic. Um, (laughs) like, like, and, and then interestingly and ironically enough, it almost gets a little scary because you're like, Mm -hmm. whoa, I have so many options. I can do anything. And that's a little terrifying in and of itself. Um, and then you have to exercise bravery. (laughs) Um, so, so, uh, what are, what are some of the ways that someone who's just learning about this like what if if i were brand new say extremely insecure um as many people are like what is the first thing that you would recommend i try i would recommend you start with giving yourself a few little dares that's one of the first like early practical tips that helped me a lot um there's an app out there i think it's still around i don't know um, and I forget the guy's name who came up with it. So forgive me. <laughs> terrible at giving credit here. Okay. But <laughs> the app is called Dare Me. Um, and I think he has a website too. He did a TED Talk and all this stuff on um, on daring. And his stuff also has to do with, with bravery a lot. Although I don't remember if he actually uses the word brave. Um, but the app can give you like a few little challenges that it comes up with on its own. You could also, if you're like me and just ADHD and disorganized. Oh, me too. Like, yay. <laughs> Who needs to write down shit and have the list, right? Um, I mean, for this, I do write a lot of things down because it's the only way I get anything done. But, me too. Um, what I did early on was I started looking for opportunities. Like as soon as I felt fear, as soon as I felt like I was gonna be judged by other people or it was just gonna be somehow like a scary thing for me to do, I would go, okay, hold on. This is probably like not that dangerous. Like it would be something like having a conversation with a friend that was uncomfortable. Okay, yeah. And I was like, okay, this is probably not that dangerous. (laughs) No one's life is in danger. why don't I just try like counting to 10 and do the thing. And um, I worked up from there with like small little things up to larger things. That makes sense. Do you, uh, I don't know if this is the technical term for it, but do you also utilize the blurt method? Because that's what I I don't know what that is. (laughs) Well, I I just made up the term, so I don't know. But um, (laughs) I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like, so like when it comes to conversation, um, when I have a conversation that is really scary for me Mm -hmm. and you know how you're like your chest fills up and it almost feels like you physically can't talk um, and stuff. So like (laughs) what I'll do, (laughs) I don't know if this is a good tool or not, but I'll think of the most unbacktrackable way I can to say to get the conversation started because once the conversation starts 
I, I'm in it, you know? Yeah. So like, like I try to make sure that whatever I'm saying is very clear. Like say, okay. So say I was saying that like telling someone I liked them way back when I'm, I've got a boyfriend and stuff now, but say I was telling, <laughs> telling someone I liked them, like instead of being like, Hey, what do you hypothetically think about this? I'd be like, I like you like that or whatever right like and it'd be awkwardly worded but it wouldn't be backtrackable and i just blurt it out i like use all of my strength to push it out and then i was stuck having the conversation whether i liked it or not Ooh, um, <laughs> what a cool method i like that <laughs> yeah like i like to corner myself when i have no other op- then i have no other options mm-hmm. um <laughs> that's actually brilliant everyone needs to like record that in your memory and and try that out that's because what did you I, i'm imagining what it helped you like what did that help well, you do over time i mean over time it just got easier to have a conversation like a normal person you know like i didn't have to keep blurting because i mean every time i did like no matter how scary it was the conversation was always safe right yeah. because like worst case you tell someone they like you and then they say they're not interested in you and like that's the worst case you know like and that doesn't really cause any lasting damage or problems you know and most people when they're confronted with something especially something like that aren't mean about it and if they are then like fuck them you don't need them anyways you know right um so like what i found is that as i got and 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 i never actually had that happen It, it always went really well um, whenever I blurt. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and as that happened, the conversations got less and less scary and I didn't need to blurt and be awkward and weird anymore um, because I, I started to recognize it as safe, recognize that danger as existing only in my mind. Yes, yes. So. Um, and one thing to add to that, like to remember in the moment that the worst thing that can happen, no matter the situation, and this is a really hard concept to grasp, so like, hear me out. All right, I'm (laughs) listening. The worst thing that can ever happen is just a feeling. It's, that is the worst thing that can happen. It's not death, because if you're dead, you're not feeling anything anymore, right? Like, you're gone. The worst thing that can ever, or possibly have like people I've had this conversation with people before and they go oh well what if my husband leaves me and I have to survive on my own with kids and da, 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 right like okay and why is that awful why why is that awful I don't know maybe you want to be living on your own in a cardboard box on the side of the highway I don't know <laughs> why is that awful tell me why it's awful it always comes down when you really take a time to boil it down why you think anything is terrible or or frightening it always boils down to how you think it's going to make you feel Mm -hmm. i'll feel helpless i'll feel hopeless i'll feel alone i'll feel worthless i'll feel like like i'll never be able to get out of it and i'll be stuck being worthless the rest of my life or it'll confirm feelings which is almost even worse often Um, that's really truly the case yeah yeah feelings are under there and it's like our brain is like, no, I can't possibly handle any more evidence in favor of this. What's interesting about like, say that example, um, is that it's like, say, say it's a conversation and your husband decides to leave in, in, in that example. 
if your husband decides to leave, it's very, very likely that it's not the conversation that did that. It's the conversation bringing it to the surface. So it's like, you know, mm-hmm. would you rather get a biopsy and find out you have cancer or have the cancer slowly kill you, you know? Right. <clears throat> you know, because if like the biopsy isn't what, what causes it, you yes. know, the exposure of that, the conversation isn't what causes it. It's, it's just what reveals it. Right. And what you just described, like, this is the key. Our thoughts create our feelings. Our circumstances don't. Mm -hmm. Right? The cancer doesn't make you feel afraid. Your thought about the cancer makes you feel afraid. Yes. Because like you said, if you have the cancer either way, the awareness is what brings the emotion. It's not the fact of the cancer. Yeah. That is like mind changing for so many people. Cause when you realize that you can totally take a whole lot more ownership of everything in your life and decide, okay, I'm going to start thinking differently, which will help me feel differently too. I can feel happy even in a situation that I don't want to be in, Mm -hmm. I can still try to change it and get out of it. But I don't have to postpone my happiness or joy or confidence until the circumstance changes. Yes. That, uh, that, That brings to mind something that I probably talk about a lot on here. I don't know because I talk about it a lot IRL. Um, <laughs> but, I love the authenticity. <laughs> um, Honesty, amazing. But uh, one of the things that comes into my mind is, like constantly is that like we at once have no control and like an infinite amount of control. Because like you said, we can't control the cancer. We can't control the external factors. Like we were talking about earlier, I said, I have a flare up. I can't control that. Um, What I can control is how I interact with it. What I decide, you know, to do with it. Um, What I, uh, you know, what, what I, like how I allow that to impact my life, you know, and, and that makes a huge difference. And I think that bravery is a huge piece of that is that like, if, if I don't constantly, you know, uh, say for example, with the fibromyalgia and the sarcoidosis, if I'm not constantly making everything about that, then I don't have to, like, I don't, I am sick, but I'm not a sick girl. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, and, and that's huge for me is that like, I get to identify and define whatever comes into my life, good or bad in whatever way is appropriate. And sorry, what you said reminded me of that. I know it's a little off topic, but it's, you know, ADHD. It's perfect. No, it's (laughs) perfect. That's right on topic. And and bravery is three parts. I believe bravery is first the willingness to face fear. Okay. It's the willing, that one I think is like common. We all kind of see that, right? Mm -hmm. Also the confidence to be authentic. And we think that like, oh, well, I have to be confident and then I'll be authentic. No, my friend. (laughs) You need to be brave enough for a minute to then do something authentic. That fuels confidence and it snowballs. Authenticity becomes easier. Confidence becomes greater the more you do both of them. And then bravery is also the willingness to keep going, 
even when it's the de- it's determination right oh i um, love that yeah so even <laughs> in the face of fear i'm gonna keep going anyway i'm going to be authentic i'm gonna be me i'm going to show up confidently and i'm to just allow all the fear into my life and we're just going to experience it. <laughs> That's so interesting that you say that, especially that way, because I think you're right. The first one is the kind of uh, standard definition, mm-hmm. but I think that everybody recognizes the other two as part of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, uh, I'm not trying to brag on myself or whatever, but people often tell me that they see me as brave and I'm like, mm, I don't, know about that um like i don't necessarily see it that way and i think what they're recognizing is that second piece um more so than like i mean i sometimes do scary things but for the most part i mean i I don't you know um and so (laughs) so i think that that second part is probably what people are recognizing which is just really interesting it's just turning cogs yeah bravery is really a choice bravery is a decision Sometimes it's literally like just a 10 second decision, 10 mm-hmm. seconds, like deep breath, do it. Mm-hmm. You're also going to feel uncomfortable or afraid or some type of way that you're not a fan of. <laughs> <laughs> but on the other side of it, right, we know that bravery, doing brave things leads us to more happiness, more fulfillment, more confidence, more joy in our life. Well, and and I mean, yeah, absolutely. Like, and especially the authenticity piece for me. Such a I hard mean, word. I, authenticity. <laughs> I really struggle. <laughs> that, uh, that, piece, that piece was really, really hard for me for a really long time. Like, man, did I put on so many faces over the years and try oh, so yeah, hard. Oh, yeah, me too. And Professional people pleaser. Exactly, exactly. It's like, like you know, I could, wear, I could get an award for all the masks I wore and all the people I pleased. <laughs> I was like, I am the best. I can make anyone like me because I'm not likable, but I can make them like me. Yeah, I can trick them into thinking I'm good. <laughs> so sneaky. <laughs> and and I found like most of the time, the best way that I could is I would just turn myself down. You know, I would be like, oh, all these things that make you remotely interesting. Let's just shut them off and and just like walk around, hide those deep down, pretend like you're not interested. And I mean, I did a really fucking shitty job of of turning myself down because I'm big and I'm loud and and stuff. But I tried really, really hard. And it was just like so tiresome all the time. So like at first... You spend so much time in your own damn head. You can't even be present with the other people that are there. Exactly. You're listening to respond, not... Yes. You know, where you're holding your thoughts in there and you're like, oh, they're going to love this. And so you're not really listening. You're waiting for an in, you know? (laughs) Oh my God, I did that all the time. Yeah. And you learn... Like, so at first, authenticity is really, really hard. You're like, oh my God, they're going to hate me. The the biggest lesson... (laughs) For me personally, and maybe it's different for you, the biggest lesson I learned is that if people like don't like just like love my personality, they don't care. Like nobody hates me for my personality. They're either completely apathetic or they like it. And right. and that's kind of a beautiful thing, you know? Is <laughs> like 
the people who you would think wouldn't like you, they just don't give a fuck about you. And that's very freeing. Yeah. I, and I even think like, for me, I, I've, I don't know that I've really had um, people really hate me. I have had people like dislike me and that's totally fine. Um, because they're I, at for old me would have been like so uncomfortable with that. But same as you as I, I found like, Oh, wait a minute. I don't really um, like, yeah. Okay. I could say I don't care, but we all do care. It's a mm-hmm. normal human tendency. Yeah. We do care what people think about us, but I'm just not willing to change who I am because it feels so much more uncomfortable to live with a mask on than it does to actually have people not like me, the real me, and people like me, the real me. And ultimately, I like me. Exactly. Because well, I have to spend all of my life with me. No one else does. <laughs> <laughs> so I at least want to like the person I'm spending my whole damn life with. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that totally makes sense. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm sure people dislike me too. I'm sure yeah. that that exists. I just like I just think the ones that don't like me just they could care less if I dropped off the face of the planet. Like, there's not like a burning hate, you know. And even if there was, like. Okay. They're not think they're the one that's suffering with all the hate, right? That's like so true. Oh, that's so true. Who cares? And it, this is a thing too right now with um our uh, current political climate in the US, right? Like um the people that are suffering the most are um focused so much to on like on hating other people for mm-hmm. their ideals. Mm-hmm. The people that are able to go, you know what? I'm ridiculously 100% authentically opposed to this ideal, but I'm not going to sit here thinking about how much I hate that person and how 100% unlovable and evil they are. Like, that only hurts the person whose brain it's living in. Mm -hmm. If I think really super hateful, nasty thoughts about someone, that's and they have no awareness of it, <laughs> it's not hurting them. I'm yeah. the one sitting here like, <laughs> Yeah. And then on top of that, on top of that, if you did find a way for that to hurt them, that, that would probably eat away at you over time and, and just hurt you more. Right. Um, so my point is that authenticity is worth it. That was what I was totally getting at at the end there because because, yeah, like it's just it's scary and then it's it's not so scary and then it's almost scary to feel like like now and let me know if you have the same thing so as authentic as you can be there are still situations where you have to put on a mask for some reason or another you have to tone yourself down or whatever and i find those situations so much scarier now where i'm like oh shit i forget how to be not this Uh (laughs) like um who uh, how do i do this how do i how do I fake this? Yeah. What is an example for you of a situation where you've had to do that? Um, well, like, I'm just thinking, okay, so, like, I'm very, very talkative and very, like, so, basically, any situation where there's already, like, someone else that's, like, the focus. So, say, like, um, mm. like a, a birthday party or something, like, I don't want to take the focus away from other people, but my my personality tends to be that way. 
Mm. Right. So it's like, no, I need to tone down out of respect for this person that I love and I want them to have the attention and, and that kind of thing. I see. Right? Yeah. So like, that's kind of what I mean. And I don't mean that everyone's telling me to be less Kara. I mean that out of love and respect for them, I'm like, I need to do that. And I need to figure out how to do that, you know, how to mm -hmm. tone down without, without drawing more attention to me because I'm being less attention-y, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> it's a whole yeah. complicated thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just, and also it's just out of a, it sounds like you're doing it so much more, like the way we used to do it, both of us dealing with that insecurity, right? And people pleasing used to be out of like trying to get people to like me, mm -hmm. right? You're doing it now because you're like, I want to do, to, I believe it's a nice thing to do for my friend. I want to do this for them. And before it's, like, I think other people want this from me. I yeah. don't want it from me, but I'm going to do it anyway. So it's it's kind of the opposite, but similar action it, that you have to take, yeah. but a different reason. Totally yeah. different reason. And it, and it, uh, and like I said, and then I get like freaked out. Like, do I know how to do this anymore? And <laughs> <laughs> so yes. it's, uh, it's it's very interesting. So now nowadays, what tool would you say you use most for bravery? Like when you come into those situations that are kind of terrifying. So I mean, they're like from a few practical standpoints. There's a lot of things that I do because I'm much more in like I do more planning and everything with my business. That's my favorite place to be. Super brave. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm like, okay, what's what's a goal that can scare me? And I don't do goals. I used to do goals, right? Like particularly with my fitness journey, a great example, because I wanted to feel a certain way when I accomplished the goal. Mm -hmm. That is the wrong way to use goals. <laughs> <laughs> goals are just to set a target to hold yourself accountable and just put some gas that like mm -hmm. put your foot on the pedal if you don't have a goal and you just like, whoa, I don't like goals because I get too anxious. Okay. And I said that very sarcastically. I apologize if you're one of those people now that's like, I'm so offended. I can't believe you said that. <laughs> but honestly, the goal is not the problem. The way you're thinking about the goal is the problem. Goals mm -hmm. don't make you anxious. You're anxious because you have this thought that if you don't accomplish, you'll be less of a person. Mm -hmm. You're not only point of the goal is so that you ha you have a direction and a journey in between. Yeah. I like to set goals that scare me shitless. Mm -hmm. And then I like to go and try to make them happen. Not try. I just go do. And then mm -hmm. sometimes I don't accomplish it. But you know what I did? I learned a heck of a lot mm -hmm. along the way. Now I know more information about how to do it next time or like what I would change, what I would do the same. I know so much more. Yeah. And then sometimes you get it. And sometimes that's like, it's like, oh, well then I definitely didn't set a good enough or like a far enough goal because I accomplished it. And I probably didn't learn anything along the way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to repeat this. It was an accident. <laughs> Well, and, and I mean, you're mentioning kind of one of those little life hacks where <clears throat> I find that there's like a set of like ways of thinking where you kind of win no matter what. So it's like you set this big, scary goal. And if you don't get it, 
then you've learned a whole lot. And Mm -hmm. if you do get it, you have. So when you're not seeking that specific feeling and and you set these goals and you just you just go and you just do. Um, I know people really hate the word try, but I kind of like the word whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and you you set out to do these things, which is just fancy try. Um, yeah. And uh, you uh, you do them, then no matter what the result, you're still happy and you still have self love and you can mm-hmm. still you can still um, nurture yourself with that, mm-hmm. and you just yeah. keep growing. Um, so speaking of your business, um, how, how best could it be if people wanted to reach out and learn more about bravery from the amazing coach, Alex Ray? Oh, thank you. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, so you can find me on my website, coachalexray.com or on Facebook and Instagram. Both of those are coach Alex Ray. If you just search that, I will come up. Same thing with the podcast. You can search Coach Alex Wright or Becoming Brave. Becoming Brave. Yeah. I don't know why I said that like that, like a little weird echo I, like I, in the movies. Like, <laughs> there's not an echo effect on that. We're going to be disappointed. Just in case, Caldy's like, I don't want to do extra work for no reason. So now I've got, now I've no, thrown it in there. <laughs> Um, and you kindly agreed to play a game where you guess Canadian slang. Yeah, I'm so, so excited. Let's do it. You, okay, okay. So we'll start. We'll start easy. What does A mean? Um, I, it's a thing that Canadians say to let everyone know they're Canadian. <laughs> a. <laughs> Wait, is it like a question mark? I don't. I really actually don't know. Other than all Canadians say it all the time. It it just basically means like right or am I right? Like. Oh, it's oh, okay. there's a blizzard out there, eh? You know, like um <laughs> <laughs> See, you like, do it so well. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do. I've been doing it for thirty almost thirty one years. Well, okay, I guess I probably wasn't talking as a baby, so okay. probably like thirty ish years. You know? uh, there, I love do Canadian like one year olds is that their first word? Oh, definitely. And then Mama, B. A? <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> What's the milk, eh, hey, Mama? Um, <laughs> Canadian awesome. Canadian one-year-olds are super articulate. Um, <laughs> all right, what's a double-double? A double-double. I have no clue, but I feel like it's something you say that's like, right on, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> It's just a coffee with two cream, two sugar. So you get them at Tim Hortons, yeah. Two cream, two sugar, double double. Okay, I'm totally going and ordering that next time I go to a coffee shop, and I just can't wait to see the face they make. Yeah, I find Americans. I I always thought that that was like a like a you know whole continental thing. Yeah, like, yeah. but it's not. Um, do you know what loonies and toonies are? Cartoons. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's one and two dollar coins. What? No. Yeah. What? Yeah, the $1 coin. Here, just give me one sec. Okay, one sec. Okay. I'm back. Um, that's a loony. Oh. Yeah, I hope my boyfriend doesn't mind. I just jacked his loony. <sighs> um. <laughs> Which, 
<laughs> okay, as an American, I'm like, you jacked your boyfriend's loony. I have <laughs> no idea what that is, but it doesn't sound appropriate for podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know what a, a toque is? A toque? Mm-hmm. Oh, you have all the stumpers out here. Okay, a toque, I, I don't know. Makes me think of a tunic because it sounds sort of like it, but <laughs> I have no clue. Is it money again? No, it's a it's a beanie. A beanie? A toque? Yeah. Oh, the hat? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I wear beanies. I know what beanies are. Yeah, they're called toques here. <laughs> I love it. Um, I'm trying to find ones that are good. Um, do you know what a parkade is? Arcade? My gosh. No. <laughs> I don't even know where to start with a guess. It's like a parking garage. What? Yeah. Is it the same as a parking garage or it's like a special kind of parking garage? I don't know. Like those, I don't, I don't know. We don't call them parking garages, so I'm not actually sure. Um, we call them parkades. Uh, it's oh. like those multi-level parking places yeah. where you would yeah. park. We call <laughs> yeah. that a parking garage. Okay. Parkade. Huh. Yeah. Love it. Um, do you know what a garburator is? <laughs> garburator? <laughs> I know what a carburetor is. Actually, I don't actually know what a carburetor is. I just know that's something in a car. <laughs> is it something with gardening? It sounds like... No, it's uh, it's the in-sync garbage disposals. A garburetor? Yeah. I'm going to use all these terms. <laughs> these are so much more interesting than, <laughs> than our... American English uh, <laughs> version. So I'm going to do two more. Okay. Um, and the last one's a phrase, and I just love to ask Americans. Some Americans know it and some don't. But the first one is two four. What's a two four? Is that a two by four? No, no. Like it's board. <laughs> okay, wait, a two four. Oh, I don't know. It's a 24 case of beer. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> two, instead of calling it a 24, you call it a 2-4. Oh, do you guys I, call it a 24? Uh, no, we usually are like get a six-pack. <laughs> Americans <laughs> don't drink so much. Fuck Canada. <laughs> <laughs> no, they bring in like armloads of six-packs. Right? <laughs> or they're like... <laughs> or I guess let's say a 24-pack. A case. I think we usually just call it like a case. Bring a case of beer. Oh, yeah. Okay. We say two four. Like we have two, super specific. So like a Mickey is like the small bottles, and then a okay, two six. Okay, no Mickey. Is a twenty six ounce bottle, and then a mm. forty pounder for some reason is the forty ounce, mm. and then sixty pounder. But it only for hard liquor, or maybe okay. no. Maybe you do a forty of Old English or whatever fucking other shit you put in forty ounces. Um, yeah, we have super specific. We call them handles and fifths and stuff. I have no idea what that even. Yeah, that doesn't sound more clear to me. No, um, less. But what's funny about the forty and sixty and two six thing is that we don't use ounces; we use milliliters. So, what? so, I'm... so the the names are in reference to a different measuring system. It's super weird. That is strange. <laughs> oh no. Y'all in Canada. <laughs> and then Although the f- we, us in U.S., we're, everyone's wacky. Yes. Yes. The world is wild. Um, the last one, and you might know it, is what does the phrase Bob's your uncle mean? 
it's a thing that people say to make sure you know they're Canadian. I, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've heard that phrase like several times in movies or I've heard it used as like like a like so, something's like factual. It's like mm. if the, and if not if not, then Bob's your uncle. Well, it's yeah. It's, it's like there you have it. So it's like okay. I walked in the door, I saw his face. Bob's your uncle. I was in love. You know. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> there you have it. Um, so uh, yeah, that's that's the game. Now you know all sorts of Canadian slang. And I love it. Uh, <laughs> and before we go, is there anything else you'd like to add to the listeners or to me? I guess, but more to the listeners. I'm thinking. Um, I don't think so. Yeah. All right. That was a well, long ass pause. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I don't think so, but I'm so thankful that um, we got to have this conversation today. Kara, it was really great to talk with you. I, I had a lot of fun too. And I'm, uh, I'm glad, I'm glad we made it happen. And, uh, I just, I appreciate you and I am going to start following you on all socials. Um, <laughs> Can't wait. I'm going to follow you back. <laughs> follow for um, follow. <laughs> all right. And uh, to my listeners, I love you. Bye. Thank you.